Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging field of data science. We bring the best minds in data, software engineering, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Now here are your hosts, Frank Lavinia and Andy Leonard. Hello and welcome back to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning and artificial intelligence. If you like to think of data as the new oil, then you can consider us car talk because we focus on where the rubber meets the virtual road. And with me on this epic journey, road trip down the information superhighway, although I think we have to be sequestered because of the pandemic, uh, is Andy Leonard. How's it going, Andy? Hey, hey. it's going well, Frank. How are you doing, brother? Ah, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. We're uh, we're in lockdown. I'm in. Uh, my wife is actually on an important work meeting, and uh, I have the kids cool. uh, in the room with me. So you might hear in a, a frequent interjection. Uh, but I understand that speaking of kids, yeah, we have a very unique guest. With we us do. Today. We do have um, Stephen Ray, my uh, older son, is Howdy. joining us for the first part of this, and. Uh, we want to talk to him because, uh, at least in this in his first part, because he is about to deliver his very first SQL Saturday presentation. Yes, sir. Very cool. So I know a little bit about the backstory to this. So, um, um, Stephen, why don't you uh, kind of do an intro to yourself? Your um, just quick bio. I know Andy probably knows everything about you, but most of the <laughs> yes, rest sir. of us don't. <laughs> well, uh, I'm for for the uninitiated. I'm Steven. I'm Andy's son, and uh, or as I normally refer to him, Dad. Um, I do stuff with uh, small AI and neural nets. I also work with Raspberry Pis, uh, specifically, or sorry, IoT devices, specifically Raspberry Pis and Jetson Nanos. Um, working a little bit less with the latter recently. I've been doing more work with the Pis, and uh, pretty soon on the 25th, I will be presenting my first um, SQL Saturday class. And I guess I just got lucky enough to do it on the first several virtual SQL Saturday. Call it, you know, whatever you want, luck or unlucky, based on the world events. I'll be uh, uh, teaching class on how to install a SQL Server on a Raspberry Pi uh, 3B. And I'm working on a solution for the 4 as well. Very cool. And uh, it's my understanding that um, you actually you're actually studying. Uh, was it telerobotic? Not telerobotics, but was it? There's a really cool like ten dollar word for it that Andy. Oh, mentioned. oh, um, mechatronics. Mechatronics. That's it. Yes, sir. I'm. It I'm sounded like on an anime cartoon. <laughs> yes, it does. I'm. Uh, it's. It's. Uh... It's really just all the, uh, I believe there are like 12 or 13 official realms of engineering, or at least the ones that they teach in college. And uh, it's sort of all of those mixed into one like hyper-focused, really hard class. And I really just chose it because, you know, I, when I walk into the, when I walk into a room, if someone has a question, I just want to be able to answer it. I, I want to be sort of uh, the most helpful I can be. And I figure if I'm well enough versed in, as much engineering, as much uh, as much of the realms of engineering as I can be, I figure I can be pretty helpful. That's pretty. So that's cool. the so plan. A chip off the old block, there, Andy. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> he, uh, you know, his, um, he's. I'll, I'll say, Frank, he's probably better at it than me because his mom um, uh, has a lot of uh, background training in, in multitasking type tasks, 
Um, she was a, nine, a 911 dispatcher for a while. And uh, to graduate from that course, they they literally play five or six conversations at the same time. And uh, she had to write down and track all of the conversations and respond accordingly. Um, wow. So it makes for a good project manager, which is awesome because I have exactly zero of those skills. Um, <laughs> so she, uh, he has he has more of that than I do. But I think uh, I th- he definitely gets his ADHD from me, which this is, Frank, we've talked about this, about weaponizing um, things that may be hindrances in uh, some fields. And, you know, that I hear uh, uh, some of that in, in Stevie's plans here, because rather than just go after one discipline, um, you know, just pick a, a discipline of engineering, mechanical or electronics, um, you know, he, he likes the idea of kind of popping between disciplines. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's a, he's kind of leveraging the, the ADHD there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think that um, if you can, it's one thing to kind of play to your strengths and quote unquote fix your flaws, but I think there's a whole new level of self improvement that I've kind of discovered over the last like, four years or so is weaponizing your flaws. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, we talked about this with anti fragile, you know, an, um, right. anti fragility, mm-hmm. and Nassim Taleb's books uh, on that. Um, you and I are both huge fans, and. Um, I'm still working on getting him to come on the show, Frank. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to pull that or not. But I have two goals here, as you're well aware. One is to to make contact with him, and two is to not get blocked on Twitter. Um, yes. So yeah. he's although if you're for the listener, if you're not familiar with Taleb, uh, he's been he's been on fire lately with Twitter as well as his um, one of his big shticks is. Um, risk prediction and risk modeling and risk management. Although he would call it something else and he would probably smack me across the face for calling it risk management. <laughs> um, but honestly, it'd be an honor to be smacked across the face by Taleb in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. But he's on fire both on Twitter and um, he's making crazy money on the, on the fund that he manages. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I didn't realize he still but- managed the fund. I didn't know either, but somebody reported that he made either three hundred and sixty percent, thirty six hundred percent, or thirty six times. I don't know, whatever it is. But he's do, he, in March. He made a ridiculous amount of money, partly because I think he predicted a lot of uh, the long tail effects of of the COVID pandemic. Wow. Yeah, if you f- look at him on Twitter lately, don't get blocked for him though, please. Yeah, um, I'll do, I'll try not to. I can live without kind of that pseudoscience biohacker knowledge from his uh, Twitter feed, but I don't think I could live without Taleb's wisdom. Yeah, same here. Crisis. Uh, same here. Which again, we will we will share that full story in full detail later. But <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> I am laughing now. We, we we're going through that phase of uh, kind of anger, denial, and all that. And now we're kind That's of right. laughing at it. We're accepting. That's where we're, we're we have accepted it and. Yeah, so we're we gotten over it, but yes, yeah, we need but to your share poor that child. We 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 have we have ignored him, and we want Completely. to talk more about his product. Now, you gave him advice that um, he should combine. The more shinies he combines, the more likely his uh, proposal to speak would be accepted. Yeah, and and you know this, Frank, from our relationship, and I've been doing this for a long time. When I get you know, once I got to to be able to speak. I started reaching out and trying to help others do it because it was such a rush. And um, I had, uh, you know, I had a couple of 
of mentees, I guess, um, actually present at the uh, PASS Summit 2019 in Seattle back in November. And, you know, that's just a huge, um, a huge, great feeling. And you, Stevie kind of picked up on that as well. You heard it when he was talking about his motivation. Part of it is he wants to be able to help just as much as possible. But um, yeah. he, he came to me, I don't know, 10 months, a year ago. And he said, Dad, um, I want to I want to do a presentation. He's he's been traveling with me to events over half his life. And um, he said, you know, the very first thing I told him is I th- think that's awesome. You'll do a good job. But here's what we're not going to do. <laughs> we're, we're not going to get you picked because you're my son. But I'll do the same thing for you. I do for everyone else. And I did. That was my my next piece of advice was my first real piece of advice was pick something shiny. And by shiny, I mean, you know, something new, uh, a little edgy. And he picked two. Uh, And when he first told me about it inside, I was thinking, that's a pretty big bite. But um, (laughs) I didn't share that until just now with him. But um, he he jumped right in on it, Frank. And I would estimate in the first couple of weeks, he probably put 100 hours on this. Um, and after that, you know, he's probably been averaging, you know, 50 or so hours per per month or so. And I would say he's got a good solid 400 hours into it before he got it to work. Um, and that was a couple months ago. He actually got it to where he got SQL Server running on one of our Pi 3s. So. Yeah, that was that was a very a very interesting way that happened too. I, I solved it while hanging out. I, it lo- it honestly looked like I was building a, a weapon in a, in a college. That was the that was really where it happened. Is I was sitting in the lobby of the college my mother works at, and you know it, the HDMI cable was too short, so I had it hanging out of the port and everything. <laughs> but you know, I just kind of threw my hands up and laid back, and the desk lady kind of looks over me like, "Are you okay?" So it was, it was, it was a very interesting time, but when I finally got it, it was just like everything that I'd been waiting for just kind of crashed down on me. All the money we'd spent on replacing the walls I was hitting my head into. It was just, it was, it was worthwhile. We've been there, Stevie. I mean, Frank and I have both done that and I've, I've shared this story. In fact, this is completely unrehearsed. I've, I've shared with people on uh, a bunch of different times when I, I talk in classes about this. Um, you know, I will, failure is normal. And my demo for that is I will walk downstairs on a break and you and your siblings are homeschooled here. And I'll say, guess what my code just did. And what is it that you reply in unison? Usually exactly what you told it to exactly (laughs) what I told it to. Right. Not, not what I wanted, but exactly what I told it to. Yes. But you experienced that. that, that Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you, you've experienced that. And what I shared with you as we were going through, and I do this with everybody that, you know, I have an opportunity. I um, mean, it's truly an opportunity. It's an honor to mentor anyone. When I have that opportunity, I share with them, listen, failure. you got to look at failure as the, the latest step on the path to success. And really, what you'll see is when you succeed, the number of times that you fail will actually kind of set the bar, how, how good it's going to feel when you succeed. Yeah. Was, was I right? Oh yeah. No, you were, you were totally correct. It was, it was the, you, you kind of get to a point where, and I, I explained this to to my best friend who was, uh, you know, he works, he helps me work with this as well. Um, and I explained it to him and the way I kind of explained it was I, I reached a point where 
uh, jumping off of a cliff was preferable to continuing to work on this. And, uh, you know, I just kept pushing through it. And finally, once you get to the end, it's just everything sort of, it just kind of collapses on you, really. It's like being in a building and it's just, it just feels so good. Just all the, all the weeks of hitting your head against a wall and being angry and not figuring out, not being able to figure out why it's giving you this error and that error and why is this breaking and why I can't get Docker installed after I've installed it three times before on the same kernel. You know, it's just, it's all these things over and over and over again, just finally hit you and you just go, yes. It's completely foreign to both Frank and I. We we write code and it just works the first time every time. Right, Frank? Oh, yeah. No, I, it's true. <laughs> I've, he's never come downstairs. I've never heard dad come downstairs and go, dang, my code didn't work today. It's always just, man, that was perfect. There's actually a cartoon where it shows the same skeptical look of a person in front of a computer and it says, my code didn't work and I don't know why. That was the first caption. The second one is, my code worked the first time and I don't know why. Um, (laughs) If your code works the first time, then either you've forgotten something, it didn't work and it's just not telling you, or you need to stab yourself with a fork and wake up. Right, right. Or you're kind of like, um, something is bad, something even worse is going to happen than what I anticipated. Um, Right. Which I think a lot of folks, I think, you know, you... I learned this when I was doing um, a couple of years ago. This is back in the uh, Windows 8 days when I was in evangelism. Um, I spoke to a bunch of high school kids. and I kind of did this summer course on, um, you know, writing apps and stuff like that. And, like, I thought I bombed it the first day, like, really bad because it just kept compiler, kept happening problems. And there were some driver issues. And, you know, I worked through it. And I, I talked to kind of like the the coordinator with the the local high school, and he goes, "No, that was awesome because a lot of these kids they they see how programming is represented on TV, and it's everything works the first time." And I'm like, right. I looked at him, and I'm like, we both kind of said in unison, "Nothing ever works the first time," and if it does, I'm very very suspicious. <laughs> very, but suspicious. that's true. Right. A lot of folks they 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 think that they they get their they get their hands kind of dirty with code or or STEM. And the first time, if it doesn't work, they think it's them. But no, I mean, that's frustration is on, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, a large part of engineering. Right. And that's that's the issue. That's the issue I run into when when I, you know, tell people that I run into or people that I know that I work with computers and, you know, they, they tell me stuff like, oh, well, that's I'm not smart enough to do that or that's too hard. I could never figure that out. And then I, there, there's two kind of groups, and that's the first group is, well, you're so smart. And right. my answer is, no, I just spend a lot of time in it. And and, and the other peop- the other group that I run into is that, like, are the people who, you know, have seen uh, – uh, what's the movie called? Um, the Oceans movies. And they're like oh, – and they yeah. ask me, you know, how nice – you know, how it feels when you finally hack the mainframe and get through the firewall – Mm. And it's really just like the reality that you run into when you start getting into doing programming and, you know, uh, engineering of any sorts, really, is that it's nothing like what it's portrayed in the movie and the in the in the movies and in the general consensus of how it works is nowhere near how it actually works. Right, right. I mean, it, it to, to everybody, it almost seems. um eh. It, it's almost it's almost synonymous to, to rocket science I've, I've seen to the to the at least to the general public that I've talked to is they think it's some sort of thing that you have to go to college and get a degree for 
when in reality, you know, you can learn it in your mother's basement in six months. Oh, that's true. You know, it's patience is underrated, I think, in our society and oh, particularly yeah. with this. And a lot of the folks that, that what differentiates kind of someone who is good at this is just the patience, the, the tenacity. I mean, you've demonstrated this. And I think you've internalized it now. Um, right. But, you know, a lot of folks, I think, in result of this pandemic are going to start pondering new careers as they should. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, just it makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of folks have to realize that uh, programming is frustration. Yeah, yeah it it's, really it's definitely it's definitely not a career that's um, for uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not short minded, but sort of uh, short sighted people who look for instant gratification. Right. Although I would say I, that as someone who uh, as someone who has been um, I've never been formally diagnosed with ADHD, but, you know, um, people close to me have said I'm, I'm high functioning ADHD. <laughs> Um, which is, you know, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but there's a lot of folks who are quote unquote on the spectrum or on a spectrum of some sort who, who do work in tech, which is interesting. Uh, but cause I think part of it is part of ADHD is I'm not an expert on this, but is, is the ability to focus on one task for a very extended period of time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hyper-focus. Yeah. So if you are listening to, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, no, I, I completely agree with you. That's uh, that's that's really how it is, uh, at least for me. I'm not sure how it is for other people with ADHD. I can't speak for everyone, right? But um, how it is for me is if there's a task that I'm just set on completing, I just do it. I mean, I, it, it's, uh, it's hard to really explain. I just have an idea and I want to do it and I go and do it and I do it until it's done. That's how it is. Yeah, I think it's tenacity is the real skill. Tenacity and patience. I like that. Um, and having an end in mind. Like for me, when I first learned programming, this was uh, Steve. This is this is like probably Stone Age for you. I mean, there was no internet. Uh, I didn't even have a modem, which you probably even know what a oh. modem is. Um, oh, so so what what did you name your dinosaur? The one that you rode to school. Obviously, I know you had some for cleaning the houses, right? But how, what was the name of the one that you rode to school back? In oh, I, I, I we called him Rodney. I don't know why. Oh, okay, cool. Probably because right, my continue. dad was a Rodney Dangerfield fan. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably now, another name you don't know. I was going to say, but, yeah, um, go look that up. Uh, yeah, yeah, hold on one second. Look that up oh. in the int- Wikipedia. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like the Spider-Man movies again, where he's talking about those really, really old movies like Back to the Future and Aliens. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was uh <laughs> it, Y'all are it, giving me homework? You'll you'll experience this when you're uh when you're as you get older, like twenty years now is like an an unfathomable amount of time. <laughs> but, right. but now it's like I look back and like, you know, it was the year two thousand when it was tw- 20 years ago. And I'm like, that wasn't that long ago in my head. <laughs> right. Not for us. <laughs> so you'll experience that. I was told that I didn't believe it, but here we are. <laughs> um, no, but I think that, I think that's key. I, I, you know, I think a lot of folks, they, they isolate themselves from STEM and, you know, you, you hear a lot about people who are quote unquote encouraged or not encouraged to get into STEM. This is back before STEM was an acronym. When I was a kid, it, 
I was not encouraged. I grew up in a very blue collar neighborhood. Um, and right. it was kind of like you were wasting your time on a computer. And how I got into right. computer programming was um, my, my, my family had enough money to buy a computer, but not for the games for said computer. Mm. Oh, so my mom said to me after, you know, getting the, it was actually uh, 1984 in April. It was Easter Sunday, April 1st, 1984. I got a Commodore 64. Nice. Oh, wow. Not crazy. Uh, I still have it. I still have the original (laughs) Commodore 64 in my basement. Oh, wow. Next next to my home office. And um, I remember saying like, hey, I want to get this game. And it was like $40, which $40 was closer to $80 today. And my mom's like, just turned to me and said, well, why don't you write your own games? (laughs) <laughs> and I don't think she realized like what events she set in motion because right. computer programming was not a, a viable career uh, or perceived as one. Clearly, clearly it was. And Bill Gates's billions kind of point to that. Sure. Um, right. But, uh, you know, even when I switched my major from, quote, unquote, a real major like chemical engineering to computer science, it took it took my family uh it took a lot to convince my my parents that it was worth um, uh, it was worth the uh, the risk, right? You know? And that wasn't that long ago. Kurt Cobain was still alive, and again, yes, another name you might want to look up. Um, I, I do recognize the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like um, it, it feels a lot like even now. Still, I I can't speak for how it was before I was born, but. Uh, even now, uh, still today, there's still a, a bit of a almost an aversion. Like there's obviously now the, because we spent more time with technology, it's been sort of baked into how our society runs. But there are still like the the higher fields, I guess you could say, of technology, like um, like higher in relation to the base stuff that we already use, uh, as in like coding and and programming and uh, uh, mechanical and and uh, electrical engineering all of those are kind of seen as i don't really know how to explain it but like almost aversions from what we should be doing i and think somewhat some places you you see some resistance to it but it's nothing like um, what both frank and i experienced when we were younger i mean oh yeah know, people didn't oh, have computers was, in their homes well they didn't have computers <laughs> in their homes so there was no idea right. about how that how pursuing that as a career it was i would i would make the illusion today it's kind of like um going into game development or something like that you you know thinking you're going to make a million bucks or a billion bucks in game development and it does happen today it does but um and i encourage people did i encourage you go ahead and jump into it but just realize that the skills you're going to learn while you're getting into that is is probably going to be where you land some somebody you know, in a one to a million ratio, there's still a one. <laughs> Somebody's going to be right. that one, and it, but it there's you know going to be a bunch of others who aren't. But you could still you can still benefit from pursuing that. So, but what right. Frank's talking about, you've never seen, and you probably right. won't ever see. Um, and I, I ran into the exact same thing. You know, it's like why don't you learn something useful? <laughs> well, I right. remember I remember the look of horror. Um, on my parent, my mom's face when I said I want to switch to computer science. And this actually had to do with um, a scheduling conflict uh, because at the time I was in Navy ROTC. And at the time, 
they didn't have it on campus at my college. So I had to go to um, SUNY Maritime, which was on the other side of the Bronx. Oh, wow. Um, so I went to Fordham. So I had to basically, in order to be there for, for PT and, um, uh, was it muster? I forget the words now. Uh, in order to yeah, be there, yeah, I, had, I had to be there at a time. I'd had to take the bus at like four in the morning. Um, oh, so you can imagine from going from one part of Fordham in the Bronx to the other side of the Bronx, what the public transit system looked like at three thirty four a.m. And <laughs> that oh, that, that played a large fun. role in me leaving the program. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, the uh, you know I had uh, there was a chemistry lab I couldn't make, so I had to take another requirement. So I took computer. Uh, programming and which was PL one, which is probably in a language you haven't heard, uh, but essentially <laughs> no. based on Pascal, uh, which oh, okay. is maybe a language you might have heard. Um, yeah, I, I've but, heard of that. Um, the I remember switching, and I was like, yeah, "Wait a minute!" And, and the professor was saying, "Like, you know, I he was a retired IBM person, and and he's like, oh yeah, like you can have a total great career in this field.'" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> right. And then at the time they used to do this thing called newspapers where they would actually print on paper. Um, what? Wait, what? Crazy, right? <laughs> but the New York Times used to have this thing. Every Sunday they'd have the job section and it would be a pretty beefy like thing and you could just search for different types of jobs and at the time the technology section was just exploding with like, you know, kind of like C++ kind of programming jobs on Wall Street and stuff like that. And, um, you know, startups were not in the vocabulary of anyone, I think, on the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> certainly not the New York City area. Everything was focused on Wall Street. And right. I, I, I was like, well, there's my ammunition. So I, 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 my parents came over to visit me. And we were, I remember being in like this big common area. And I was like, talking to them like, I want to switch majors. And my parents were like, oh, God, it's going to be basket weaving or some BS like that. <laughs> and. You know, my dad, you know, it was like, I was just computer science. And they were like, mm, okay, is that a real thing? And <laughs> I do ask. So I showed them. And at the time, like the salaries were like six figures in, in the, in the early nineties, which was wow, a lot of money back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my father kind of thumbed through it. I was like, well, these are not entry level. And he goes, no, but you know, five, 10 years later, you could be making that. Absolutely. Boys, yeah. I'm on the phone. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, Working from home, have Frank. Kids here. <laughs> um, so, and all right. So the little one just stormed off. So I remember, and my dad kind of thumbed through the. It was like five or six pages of just jobs for computer programming and stuff. Nice. And oh, wow. um, my dad was like, "Okay, I'm sold." And my mom just looked at me like almost tearful. Like, you don't want I want to be one of those weird people in the basement, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Which is what <laughs> you ended up um, being a well, you were already weird, Frank. I know I've I known you now weird. 15 well, years. Well, I mean, I didn't yeah. what corporate IT was at the time because she was right, a secretary, right. and they, they were they were the quote unquote high priests and priestesses that 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 stood in the basement with the mainframe, right? And they kind of right. had the role for the world. So, yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely not encouraged. Now I say that, and if you hear in the background, because I'm going to keep it in for two reasons. One, it's funny. Uh, and two, it makes editing easier. Is that one kid 
is on the iPad playing a Roblox game, and the other kid's on on his laptop. His laptop. Just let that sink oh. in. Um, okay. Um, um, playing the same game in Roblox, and they're fighting over uh, something that happened in game that one did to the other. So I think <laughs> going from that conversation of, of of not being encouraged into STEM to right here they are five and ten years old, and they're both technically technologically literate. Yeah. And they're fighting over a virtual piece of toy or something. I don't know. Well, we had this conversation with Mark Tabadillo uh, a couple of years ago when he was on the show. And he talked about his concept of digital natives versus digital immigrants. And you and I are immigrants. Um, right. You know, Stevie and your kids uh, have grown up with screens in the house from, you know, right. before they could remember. They, they were there when they were born. And they're digital natives. And one of the things I find funny and related to what you just described, Frank, is when um, when my younger children who are here now at the house still, even when they were young, especially when they were younger, they were playing Minecraft and they would get hit by someone or some non, you know, non-personal player there. What are those called, Stevie? NPC, non-playable character. There we go. An NPC would hit them. They would say, ouch. <laughs> oh yeah That's they would funny. say Ouch. i still i yeah. still do when i get you know say i'll get shot or something in uh rainbow six or uh csgo uh something like that i'll still you know say ouch because to me i'm just immersed yeah it's weird that's just how it is for me yeah it it it, it, it is fascinating and i would also say that if there's uh, to, to to tack on to uh, Mark Tabadillo's comment of digital natives and digital immigrants. Just because someone's a digital native doesn't mean that they are well versed in engineering around this. Um, and I think that w- with my older son, who's ten, you know, we were, um, you know, before the school actually gave him schoolwork, um, you know, we were kind of, tr- I was trying to keep his brain moving. So what we ended up doing was um, I picked up a book of you know how to write your own first person shooter in Unity. And I'm like, yeah, we'll pick it oh, up. Boy. And then it's really, it's a really <laughs> cool book. Um, and um, he, um, it was very frustrating because two things. One, the screenshots in the book are woefully outdated and it's only yeah. six months old. Just, that's just the way things are now. That's crazy. Uh, six months. <laughs> and <laughs> right. we had to kind of figure out the documentation versus um, we had to figure out the documentation versus um, what, the reality was and <clears throat> and then he was frustrated because some, just sometimes the code didn't work or it didn't compile or it didn't work the way we expected and he was really getting upset and i was like dude this is my this has been my life <laughs> right and and well, and, that- and he was he really was down on himself and i'm like i was like listen dude i'm like i started programming when I was 11 and a half, that's when I got the Commodore. And it, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know how many years it is now, 36 years later, it's still the same story. <laughs> right. Well, also, uh, another thing that I know now from working with Unity, that's not just his fault. That's also Unity. No, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, just, I'm, yeah. and I'm looking through, I'm looking through, and I'm looking through the documentation. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is, a, and 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 he he's a trooper. I mean, once the school started giving him schoolwork, we prioritized that. But um, he was a trooper. Like he wanted to go through it. He wanted to go through it, even though he was frustrated. And I was like, I was like, he's got the knack. If you if you're familiar with Dilbert, right? 
Um, right. Yes. Scott um, Adams. Yes. Mom's an engineer too. So like, it, it's kind of natural for him. So, I mean, it's right. just one of those things where I just told it's okay to be frustrated because that's kind of part of it. And, you know, sometimes to build something great, you have to go through frustration cycles. Actually, all right. That's how it works for me. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So cool, man. Um, I'm excited about this project. Uh, where can folks find uh, – uh, since it's virtual, I guess you don't have to be in Richmond to attend. Right, I don't. Saturday. Yeah, right. so it is Saturday.com is the site you want to go to. And uh, we're recording this on the 16th of April, uh, 2020. And uh, so it's going to be, since it's a virtual event, there's a possibility that it will be recorded. I'm not sure what their plans are for that. Uh, they, I was going to say, I'm uh, sorry to jump in. They actually okay. said that it was, it's all going to be live. Um, they tried to work out something uh, with pre-recording it and pass uh, didn't approve it. So it's okay. all going to be live. So it's, you know, once we get this up, it'll be the 25th of uh, April, 2020. So you can catch that. But um, what will likely happen, Frank, if people wanted to catch this presentation is that, um, you know, you and I and, uh, you know, our families have access to webinar sharing technology. I know, Frank, you do a lot on LinkedIn and, um, you know, it's up there for forever. Um, we'll probably yeah. do a webinar and just let Stevie run it, uh, you know, from uh, GoToWebinar is the platform I use these days. And we'll get a recording up. If you want to watch my blog, andyleonard.blog, um, and my social media feeds, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, um, I'll have an announcement up there when that uh, recording becomes live. So I, I fully understand why PASS is um, making the decisions that they're making uh, for this, they own the Sequel Saturday brand, and you know it's it's their show. They can do it however they'd like to, um, but we can also do whatever we'd like here, and we'll get it up there. Um, it's like you I, read I, my mind. Well, yeah, I'm, <laughs> but you know, I'm being no, polite. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's their show. It's their house. Their rules. They can do that. Yeah, and and yeah. there's a lot of things with pass. I'm going to step in a big pile of. I'm going to try not to step in a big pile, but with a lot of things with pass at first plus, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but when you kind of think through it, yeah, it does make sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's huge. It's a global organization and you know, there's a, it's, they have a lot of constituents to make happy. Exactly. Like, I get it. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. So we're okay with that and we can, you know, we can work around it so that folks can hear uh, Stevie present and, that was in my plans already. I hadn't told him about it yet. So now, you know, act surprised oh, when great. I tell you. <laughs> you, can, you can hear it. It's right. You can, if you could see my face right now, I'm just so surprised. If you could see it through the rosacea of how hot it is in my room, because I turned oh, no. off all my fans. So you couldn't hear it in the background noise. <laughs> oh, no. So we'll do that. We'll get it up there, Frank. Uh, we're going to let him focus on just this delivery. It's his first delivery. We all know how that you know, that, that first time presenting goes, um, in my, my experience, first time presenting, I actually, I presented first to, it was at, uh, Virginia B actually it was down in Jacksonville when my very first presentation happened. But what I consider my very first one was at uh, Virginia beach in 2006, right after the first SSIS book came out, um, that I got to work on that, uh, rocks book and two people showed up. So, you know, I had practiced, I'd done all of the things, you know, followed all of the advice and two people showed up. So I had another one 
scheduled for the Northern Virginia SQL Server Users Group. And I thought, nobody's coming. And 125 people showed up, uh, in, <laughs> including uh, Eric Veerman, who was the architect on the, um, I, f- I forget the name of the Project Real, I think it was called, uh, which it, during the betas of uh, the 2005 reporting services, analysis services, and integration services, he was the architect for all of that, where they took some data you're very familiar with, Frank, because you used to work there, Barnes & Noble. Oh, they yeah. uh, they yeah. took Barnes & Noble data and they built a data warehouse. They built reporting services off that were running off of both relational and analytics, um, uh, sorry, analysis services cubes. And they loaded all of that with SSIS. So he's in the audience, mind you. Um, and yeah, so I was, needless to say, uh, it was different than the presentation with only two people in it. Um, <laughs> and you got to have that, Stevie, just like just like we talked about the engineering part of this. If you're going to start speaking, you got to have those those kinds of failures, too. And you got to treat them the same way. Um, yeah, just no right. learning experience. And Absolutely. honestly, like the sooner you learn, the sooner you learn how to present your ideas and get comfortable public speaking, the better your life will be. I was told that in high school, we were forced to present to our peers. First time it was horrible. And then over time it became less horrible. Then it kind of became enjoyable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you get comfortable with it. It, it definitely is. And see, Frank, nobody told me that. And you know, how, how different would uh you know how different would would my life have been if i'd i'd recognized that early on i i don't know but i see you and i as as dads um encouraging our kids to move in these directions that you know we've learned later in life this is a you know it's a good thing to do get this skill put this tool in your toolbox and you know just like every parent on the planet uh trying to make a better life for our children than than we've had not that no, our lives have been bad, you know, so to so to speak. I've I've had my moments where it was bad. I'm sure you have as well. But uh, that's our goal: make our kids' lives better than ours. Yep. Right. No, absolutely. So we are almost at time. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to having you back on the show, uh, Stephen. And um, I think uh, you got a good dad uh, who's uh, who's encouraging well, your. I mean, you know, don't uh. <laughs> don't 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 get him too excited all right you gotta all keep right, him I won't, humble I won't inflate too much. but um <laughs> i always tell what my kids that, uh they, they 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 should write out their complaint to child services on their ipad <laughs> awesome but um so um yeah with that um and i think the, i think this has been a great uh kind of uh um conversation and i think it's always good to inspire the next generation of engineers and uh i think uh, i think you're doing some awesome work and you're you're really getting your handle on how frustrating this field can be um yes sir because i've worked with a lot of civic organizations in and around dc and where they want to they want to portray the uh stem field as this wonderful land filled of unicorns uh bitcoins and lamborghinis but um, right. there's a big, there's a big, um, I, I, I want to keep our clean rating. Plus you're his kid. So, uh, <laughs> but, there, but, there, but there's a big sandwich you got to take a bite of. that isn't always necessarily the tastiest. 
Right. No, I, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It, it's, it, it's like really with any field, there are, there are the ups and the downs and it just happens to with uh, engineering just in general, it just happens to be that the downside is nigh constant frustration. <laughs> and that's Not, just, that's, that's the art of how it is. That's true. That's, that's how it's always going to be. That's how it is. That, if it wasn't like that, if it wasn't hard, this is something dad has told me my whole life. Um, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, and it's not easy. That's why not everyone's doing it. No, that's true. And I so mean, it it kind of leaves room for um for the people who are really meant to specialize in that um in that field to shine through. No, that's true. All right, so uh, stay tuned to Andy's blog. We'll find out more information about that. Andy and I are also – you're doing a lot of free webinars, Andy, and I am in the midst of organizing a virtual summit called Lemons to Learning, which at lemons2learning.com. The uh, number sponsored two. Sponsored by the uh, Cave Johnson School of Business. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. We need to get we need to get J.K. Simmons in here to do the voice for that, please. <laughs> that would be astonishing. If you, if you missed the uh, reference, it's from Portal. And um, oh, it's it's great. I do want to print up T-shirts that say Cave Johnson School of Business. Love Go that. fighting oh, lemons. That um, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I need one of those so badly. I need that shirt so bad. <laughs> I don't uh, care if nobody uh, else gets the joke. I need it. I, I will put it – I have to put it on Teespring because the Amazon merch program is on hold because of the pandemic. No. Right. So, Makes sense. Which um, I did have a run-in with a lawyer for a design that I did post. Um, oh? Although said lawyer – one day – this will be one of those stories that we will laugh about one day. And it's not like it, it ended poorly. Like it was just kind of like – Right. right. Said lawyer actually introduced him – himself nicely and kind of politely made a made a very um uh polite request that is uncharacteristic of trademark lawyers and i was like you know what since you asked nicely i'll comply (laughs) and i actually put that so that that let that let me save face and kind of be a little bit of snarky but also do kind of the simple the what i thought was a better thing he he made a good case it was um gotta stay on character gotta stay on character of course so with that, uh, we'll let the nice British lady end the show. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. Don't just listen. Become a data driver by going to datadriven.tv to sign up to join the community, access to special events, tips and tricks, and more. Sign up today at datadriven.tv.